Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam, Renee, and Kenny. I am Renee, she is Tam, and he is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Front Row Kenny. How are you guys doing? Renee, it is so great to hear your voice again because I did the podcast intro last week and it just didn't feel right. That's your job, that's not my job. I always appreciate, Tam, you coming in and trying to fill in the energy. And uh, it, it's all good because I know sometimes, see, the people don't know about Tam. And if you listen to the podcast, you know Tam. Tam is a early riser and I'm not as much as an early riser as Tam is. But when Tam and the sun starts to go down, the energy starts to go down and my energy starts to go up. So <laughs> I appreciate you trying to fill in, but, but you did a great job. You did a great job, Tam. Thank you. I don't know how you do it, Renee, because you go to work all day. I know you have to leave at seven, be- at least because L.A. traffic, but you work all day and then party all night. It's amazing to me. Well, tomorrow, I'm going to tell you this. I have to be up at five o'clock to get into the shower. and Well, actually, first, I got to get up at five o'clock to snooze about three or four times, <laughs> then get out of bed. <laughs> and if anybody loves the snooze button as much as I do, you know what I'm talking about. Then I got to get up, take a shower, and then I got to be at work by 6.30 tomorrow. Good luck to you. I'm actually tired as we speak. If you can't tell in my voice, it's going downhill fast. So this is going to be a quick podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> so Kenny is here. If you guys are like, wait, where's Kenny? You know what? Every week I listen back to the show and I'm like, boy, I think it's mainly me doing all the talking. But between myself and Renee. We hold it down for the first 10 minutes, and then we say, oh, Kenny, how was your weekend? Before we jump into <laughs> our weekend, we're going to let Kenny tell you about his weekend first. So, Kenny, how was your weekend? You know, that's funny about the intro. I always think about that when I'm sitting here and I'm not saying anything. It's just y'all weekends be completely different than mine. You guys have a good-ass time, especially Renee. <laughs> I don't understand how you even do it. Just like Tam just said a few minutes ago, like I have no clue. I don't even have the energy to do it. Like it's crazy. But um, my weekend was pretty solid. It was a chill weekend. It finally decided to rain in Charlotte. I've never been so happy to see rain. I feel like it has not rained in ages here. I stayed in for the most part, got some five guys and watched American League Championship Series game with the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. And if you guys Mm -hmm. don't know, Renee is a big Astros fan, and Jose Altuve sent them to the World Series with a beautiful walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. So that was pretty cool to experience uh, part of that. I fell asleep before the walk-off, but it was a good baseball game, and I love postseason baseball, if y'all don't know. I think that was pretty much the biggest highlight of my weekend was being able to watch one of the world's biggest sporting events that was on on Saturday, and my Florida Gators also won, so I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. I think that sums up my weekend. I'll tell you guys really quickly about mine. I don't remember. (laughs) It's so funny because you would think that I'm partying because I never really remember. I do know on Saturday, I went to the day party that I usually go to once a month. It was a day party, but it was inside of the club this time. So it was a, a day, day club. I don't even know. How can I explain it? It was a darty. 
Yeah, it was dark because yeah, it surely was. It was interesting. I think we need to go back outside and party during the day. But yeah, so that's what I did. And of course, I watched some NASCAR. And before we jump into some NASCAR talk, how about those cowboys? How wow. about them? You notice how I said that? I wasn't like, how about those cowboys? I <laughs> yeah, was like, I know. how about those cowboys? <laughs> So, Renee, tell us about your weekend and how you did the hat drop on them in the bar and all that good stuff. Yeah, so my weekend was pretty much uh, just all about baseball. I was glued to the TV. This last game of the ALCS between the Astros and the Yankees, I was at a bar with a bunch of Yankee fans. It was only me and one other guy that was in the entire bar that was rooting for the Astros. Now, I'm going to tell you, when Altuve hit that walk-off home run, it was only me and one other Astro fan in the bar. Everybody in that bar was Yankee fans. And I mean, we were, it was like 20 to 2 there. The 20 Yankee fans, two Astros fans. And I'm going to tell you, when Altuve hit that home run, you could have heard a pin drop. The Yankee fans didn't say a word. And me and the one Astro fan that was with me, we, we sounded like probably the inside of Minute Maid Park there in Houston, Texas, because we were so loud, happy, jumping around. I want to just congratulate the Houston Astros for going to the second World Series in three years. And the last thing I was thinking about was the Cowboys, but I'm also glad that they won. That was just a bonus. So, Kenny, thank you for a shout out to the Dallas Cowboys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Always. You know, we support our Cowboys around here. Let's jump into some NASCAR talk. Kansas, I thought it was a snooze fest for a good portion of the race because I took at least five naps to the point where the noise was in the background. And I kept trying to tell myself subconsciously, I was like, wake up and watch the race. But it wasn't happening. I just kept dozing off. And maybe I was tired. I'm not quite sure. Or maybe it was a snooze fest. I mean, based on a few comments and our poll that we ran, we run a poll on Twitter after stage two is complete, asking fans, are they enjoying the race? And a good portion of the people said that they weren't necessarily enjoying it. I don't feel like pulling up the poll because it's a late and you want to check it out, want to know the exact numbers of who said what and who voted on what, head over to our Twitter account. Our user is Turns No Break and you can find Turns No Breaks across the board at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay, so now that's out the way getting back to my naps because I feel like I need to take a nap right now. I feel like too my voice doesn't sound the way it usually does. <laughs> Okay, is this like the Tam? Okay, with that being said, I took a few naps. The race did get good. I just expected more for this to be a elimination race. I don't know. I thought it was just going to be action-packed from the beginning. I'm not quite sure what the hell happened with Bubba. All I know, I looked up and his tire was taken on the track by itself. It was pretty wild. Actually, it was pretty sad, too, because you're like, well, how can you have a mechanical failure like that? But needless to say, there was a little bit of action, but the race didn't really get good until the last 10 laps, at least personally. Those were my thoughts. Playoff drivers who didn't make it and who made it. William Byron was eliminated along with his teammate Alex Bowman. 
Clint Boyer was also eliminated. And the surprise was Brad Keselowski. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I really think that I can't recall almost positive I had Brad Keselowski in my final four. He just could not get it going today. Like, I think he started like 18th and finished 19th or something to that effect. But needless to say, I'm not going to give you guys the top 10 for the race. But what I will do is give you the playoff drivers and where they finished at the race. Denny Hamlin brought it home. I hate to remind you guys, but I will. Denny Hamlin is actually my pick to win the championship. Chase Elliott, he rallied. I mean, in fact, at one point, I thought Chase was going to win the race. Yeah, I did too. But Chase came in P2, Kyle Busch P3, William Byron came in fifth. But as I stated, he was eliminated. Martin Truex Jr. came in sixth. Clint Boyer did manage a top 10 finish with a P8 finish, but he was still eliminated. Harvick came in ninth. And I'm hoping Harvick catches fire because I do know Harvick is in my final four. But he's just kind of been going about things a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. Alex Bowman came in 11th, but as I already stated, he was eliminated. Kyle Larson, Kenny, didn't he lead a couple of laps? He led a good chunk. He had a car uh, most of the day, honestly. That 14th place doesn't say someone led 60 laps, if I'm being all the way honest. That's what I was going to say. Joy Logano, who... His day got wild at the end. He came in 17th. Joy looked like he was going to get eliminated, especially when he slid through the grass. I'm not quite sure how he saved it, and he was able to finish the race and come in 17th place. Had he have not saved his car, he would have been done, but instead he moves on. And then Ryan Blaney came in 21st. Luckily, Blaney has that win because his playoff time would have been over had he have not gotten that win and locked himself into the round of eight. Just to recap, your boy Byron, Alex, Clint, and Joy are out of there. And our eight drivers moving on are Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, Joy Logano, and Ryan Blaney. So that is... Your playoff picture update, not that you needed me to give it to you, but I gave it to you because we're going to talk about some NASCAR, and i like for you guys to have a picture of what is going on. Do we want to talk about Brad? He just looks so sad, like extra sad. Not that anybody would be happy that they were eliminated, but Brad was just sad. Sad Brad. Yeah, it, it was sad Brad, but he had been flying kind of under the radar even when the playoffs began. But um, it, it is weird not having Brad in the final eight. And it's, uh, it's almost as weird as not having Jimmy Johnson in the playoffs and to begin with. But Brad was just, I don't know, if, if there was anybody that I thought w- was not going to be in the playoffs still at this point, I would have never picked Brad. I still had Brad, like, at least there in the very end. It is weird. I mean, he's not there. It's just kind of weird, right? Uh, yeah, I think. Of course, he looked pretty defeated after that. I mean, he had a solid season. Obviously, the season's not completely over. It's just he's not in the playoffs anymore. He had three wins, 12 top fives, and 17 top tens this season. He had a pretty solid season. As a matter of fact, if you look at the current playoff pitcher with the eight drivers in the round of eight, he actually has more top tens than a few drivers. So that's pretty crazy to say and just a testament to his consistency all season. But 
I will say this, though. I have been a very strong advocate for only having 12 drivers in the playoffs as it is. And to be honest with you, I think out of all 12 that we had before we cut them down to eight today, I think this is one of the strongest fields we've ever had in terms of quality of drivers, quality of, of how they've all had a great season so far. I think we've had a really, really strong round of 12. And I think this round of eight, it's very hard to look at it and say there's one weak link because I think everyone can do well in this round of playoffs. It's pretty crazy, but it sucks that Keselowski is one of those that miss out because out of the ones that got eliminated, he is the only one that is a multiple time winner this season. That's kind of crazy to think about. So yeah, tough break for him, but his teammate Joey Logano is going to move on to the next round. So a tough season for him, and I didn't think he would actually be one that was eliminated by now. You brought up a great point, and it does suck because he does have multiple wins. Who's in the round of eight that doesn't have a win this season? Um, Everyone has a win. The only t- two drivers that only have one is just Larson and Blaney. Okay. Oh, so it was William Byron who was in the, the top 12 that didn't have a win. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, but he's talking, eliminated. My, my mistake. Right. He's eliminated. But if we had all 12, then the only ones that didn't have a win was... Byron and Boyer, everyone else had at least one win. Oh, Boyer didn't win this season. Yeah, it's been a tough one for him. I guess I'm still hyped about his two wins last season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he's had times where he where he's had chances to win, but he's been taken out of contention uh, quite a few times, honestly. I, I feel bad for him. He had six DNFs this season, and that should definitely show on a couple times where he's had strong cars. I think at Michigan both times. Had a really great car in practice and qualifying both times around, but he got caught up in some mess both times. So it's pretty unfortunate. Same thing in Vegas. He cut down a tire and that started his playoffs pretty badly. Well, speaking of Boyer, at least we know he doesn't have to worry about next year because he read up his contract and he's back for one more year with Storehouse, at least one more year for now. So I know it's been a lot of other driver movement. I don't want to say the joke of the week, but it was a lot of jokes. So technically, it was the joke of the week in terms of NASCAR. The joke <laughs> of the week was that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. got picked up by JTD. And I didn't really understand some of the jokes at the beginning. Then I realized they were talking about how Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is going to bankrupt the team because all he does is wreck cars. And You can wreck cars. Well, you should never really be wrecking that many cars. But when you're on a larger team that has money, it's a little bit different. But when you're on like a, I won't say JTD is a small team, but they're definitely not a Stuart Haas or Hendrick or Penske team. So they're kind of right in the middle, I guess, middle towards the lower end. But saying that to say is that they don't have that kind of money for the amount of cars that Ricky is probably going to wreck next season. But kudos to him for getting another ride. Honestly, it won't even matter <laughs> for for them this year because they're going to a new car next year. So Tara, much, much as he wants, if I'm being honest. We shall see how it all unfolds. And on that note, it's been so much other driver movement. So we have, we have Clint Boyer, who signed for another year with Stuart Haas. We have Denhouse Jr., to JTD. And what else do we have? So I know the Boyer move, obviously he's re-upped for 2020. Eric Amarola, I believe as well, he's back for 2020 as well. 
And if you take a note at a lot of these trends with same thing with Chris Buescher and a Matt DiBenedetto and the same thing with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. signing for a year is a lot of these teams have not decided to lock themselves into a future, which kind of makes sense with the brand new car coming along, which means going into 2021, it can definitely leave some more room for getting a younger guy, so to speak, like example with Tyler Reddick being able to move up next season as well to RCR. But I think as well, we're going to have more movement next year than we probably have had this season uh, going into 2021. So someone like a Kurt Busch, a Jimmy Johnson, a Kevin Harvick, and even a Clint Boyer or Eric Almarola could be moved around next year as well, even though they've signed back to 2020 to their respective teams, because a lot more things going on with the series in 2021, things could really shape up to be a pretty crazy, silly season with names moving around. There's a name like Ross Chastain, who is in the stable right now for Chip Ganassi, but he'll be in the Xfinity series next year full time for colleague racing. So he's got a full time ride. Now a Xfinity championship might just do him well next season and that'll move him up. So, so far, silly season has been pretty crazy and most of the moves seem to be pretty expected. The only other ride that is truly open is the 38 car, which is the front row motorsports car is getting ready to be open since David Reagan is getting ready to retire. A couple names have been thrown around. Matt Benedetto's name was before he got his ride with the Wood Brothers Racing. But now it's kind of up in the air. Maybe a Cole Custer may move up next season, possibly. And they become a satellite team for Stuart Haas Racing. That's a possibility. Or somebody else might move into that ride. A Corey LaJoy might move up to such rides. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this year unfolds. But most of this stuff is a lot of moves getting prepared for 2021. 2021 and the next generation car. So silly season is in full swing and don't expect the changes to stop from here. A couple of things. One, Matt DiBenedetto, he took Paul Menard's car, correct? Yeah, sure did. Okay. He recommended him as a matter of fact. Yeah, he went up to, to the Wood Brothers and told them, go get Matt. And boom, there it was. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And then the other thing is any update with Daniel Suarez? He is still in negotiation with the contracts. His last thing he said recently was the next couple weeks or so will be very important with his sponsors, whether or whether or not he may be back in the car next year. That's also a potential ride for Cole Custer next year. That's the rumor. Since that would be in the same Stuart Haas bin, it would make sense. But nobody exactly knows. I don't think he has more money to bring to the table than um. Cole Custer doesn't have more money to bring to the table than Daniel Suarez, to me at least, but I may be wrong. No, not at all, because the thing is, is that if Daniel really wanted to go deep by him being Hispanic, there is so much opportunity out there. Yeah. Again, that just depends on his team and how Stuart House and how they go after the money, but there is a potential to shoot, even if he wanted to just go deep and partner with a beer. So many opportunities. And speaking of which, now, as it's already been announced, NASCAR is officially taking over ISC and the companies have merged into one. But more importantly, which has not gotten that much press, but it's been kind of talked about. But we know at this point, Monster Energy is not coming back as the title sponsor. And next year, it'll just be the NASCAR Cup Series and the whole way sponsorship is going to be done is going to be completely different. So saying that to say there's opportunities for 
competing sponsors to come in. I don't see why Daniel wouldn't be able to bring in some, you know, and again, this is just depending on how his team is. But I think that there's some opportunity with Bubba, but he can't ever seem to get the best sponsor. So what do I know? (laughs) Yeah, it could open a lot of doors. And even if we're talking about like the schedule, which everyone obviously is really anticipating for 2021. The big thing about that is with having all that, all the tracks together, which also if nobody really knows, that also includes Road Atlanta and Sebring International Raceway, which the IMSA series and the WEC series races at at some point. Well, they race at Sebring, not Road Atlanta. However, that also opens that door up for schedule movement. You can move everything anytime you want when you own it. That's the big difference in that. So that may pay dividends moving forward with the schedule. So it's a pretty big deal. It's a big move that's uh, probably a big time domino effect for 2021. I feel like we covered everything so quickly this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there was the fight after the Xfinity race this weekend. Yeah, Nobody seemed weird. to know exactly what was going on with the fight. It wasn't even really a fight because there was no punches thrown. It was just a lot of <laughs> scuffling. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get the crew <laughs> yeah. members away. Like, we have got to get the crew members away from uh, getting involved with the fight. Just let it go NHL style. Once somebody hits the ground, that's when they stop it. That's typically how that goes. But I don't know, the Kenny. cause of it was... I'm going to let you talk, but I don't know because we got a good show when Kyle Busch came up to Joy Logano a couple of years ago in Las Vegas. So I don't know about eliminating the crews. I think that it makes it interesting in this particular situation because no punches were thrown. It was just a lot of (laughs) collar grabbing. It wasn't that great of a show. But yeah, no, it doesn't bother me. The more the merrier. That just sounded wrong. I shouldn't even say that. But (laughs) hey, you know what? Wow, okay. (laughs) Go Tam. See, here's the thing. Okay, here's a question for both of you guys. Renee, hockey fight or Major League Baseball fight? Oh, uh, I'll go hockey fight. Yeah, I'll go hockey fight. I mean, the thing about with baseball fighting is you get a little talking, you get a little, okay, drawing, a little, hey, what? What what are you looking at me for? Okay, I hit you. What? Take the bait. And then the bullpens come out. It's just drawn out. In hockey, the fight goes, you drop the gloves. You start boom, boom, boom. You're hitting each other in the face. And the first one that drops the ice and hits the ice, then it's over. The referees come in. That's it. That's the end of it. Baseball is just too drawn out. You know, the bullpens have to come in. They have to run all the way from the bullpens to get to the home plate or first base or wherever it is. It's just too drawn out. So I'll I'll take a hockey fight any day. I'll take a hockey fight easily. Just like what Renee just said. He's a perfect example. You got like seven... He got like seven deep in the pitching rotation coming out the bullpen trying to run down like they hundreds of yards away. And it it just goes on and on and on. And rarely yeah. besides like if unless the pitcher charges or the, the batter charges the pitcher, like then that's when a punch is thrown. Other than that, it doesn't happen. Hockey, gloves off, less rock. <laughs> so yeah, there you hockey go. all day, every day. <laughs> okay, well, I stand alone in my argument because I would rather see, don't get me wrong. I don't mind hockey fights, but there's something about when the bullpens and everybody comes out on the mm-hmm. field and they scrapping. So I'm going to go with Major League Baseball. But hey, for our listeners, tweet us, hit us up. Let us know, do you prefer a Major League Baseball fight or a hockey fight? And let us know if you are 
annoyed when the crews get into the mix for a NASCAR fight. But hey, I'm going to nudge you and just say, pick Major League Baseball. (laughs) There you go. Do we need to talk about anything else? Kenny, I don't know. Did you want to add anything about the NASCAR ISC merger? Or we can skip that and move on. Should I do a um, fan comment of the week? What, what's going on? Nothing else about that. But I also just thought about this, actually, with the the JTG movement and getting Stenhouse and then Roush finally getting Chris Buescher. I don't think there has been a swap like this team for team in a long, long time. It just reminded me of 2003 for my NASCAR fans that have been around that long. It was Jeff Green and Steve Park in 2003. They swapped rides in the middle of the season. Not exactly the same, but that's the last time I've ever seen or known of a team swapping for one driver and and another driver goes to the opposite team. Like It's super weird that that's happened. It's been a long, long time. Speaking of a long time, I just want to jump in. There was a comment I'm going to read from the NASCAR Reddit board, and I found it interesting. I don't think I'm going to read any of the replies, but this guy, what is his user? B Madison is his user. He writes on the NASCAR Reddit board, I grew up watching NASCAR every Sunday with my dad, rushing home from church and begging for a Pepsi. And then he put in parentheses because Jeff Gordon was sponsored by Pepsi and building my Lego stock cars. As I got older, I lost interest. I started racing motocross weekends were spent racing. That's what he wrote. So I know it sounded a little weird, but that's what he wrote. Now, as I get into my late 20s, okay, you would think this guy is like older, but he's like, now hold, wait (laughs) for it. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. (laughs) Now, as I get into my late 20s, I miss those Sundays. Plus, I used to be a Chargers fan. (laughs) So I need something else to enjoy. Okay, that was actually hilarious. (laughs) So he goes on and says, I've watched the race today and confused is an understatement. Where can I read the rules and what the F is playoffs? I hate it when they changed to the chase format years ago. It looks like that, but on steroids. Okay, first and foremost, this thread, the First couple of sentences, you're thinking like, oh, wow, this guy is going to be 40, 50 years old. You know, he's talking about he grew up with the Lego stock cars. We're probably the same age. Wanting a Pepsi <laughs> because of Jeff Gordon. But then when you got to the punchline, he basically is like he doesn't know what's going on and that he stopped watching, but he doesn't like the chase format. But I'm yeah. laughing because I'm like, wait, the chase has been done at this point. Like, it's just mind-boggling that this guy's in his 20s. But that just goes to show you just can't please everybody. And he's entitled to his own opinion because a lot of people don't like the chase. But I think NASCAR is headed in a great direction. I, I guess my only real complaint at this point, like, I've accepted everything except the fact that we waste so many laps under caution. I said it last week, and I'm just going to say it again. But As it is now, there are a few things I think that could be better, but the package is finally working at most tracks. The playoff elimination adds a little bit of excitement, and I don't like the fact that somebody like a Brad Kozlowski won multiple races and he's going home, but in every other sport, it's pretty much the same way. 
Like your Cowboys are going to probably be eliminated, even though, which is crazy, they're sitting on the top of their division. Yep. I'm like, how do you sit on the top of the division when you're a loser? But yep. I just wanted to take a jab at the Cowboys real quick. But <laughs> We knew it. Trust me, we knew it. Yeah, perfect example. We talked about the Dodgers. I think that was actually off the air, off before we got on the podcast, we talked about the Dodgers. But how many games did the Dodgers win this season? They won over 100 games. Season in a row. Yeah, 100 plus. And they didn't even make it to the big dance. So, yep. so I guess it's in line with every other sport. Brad winning multiple races and not advancing through. But it's sad because I hate to say it like this, but when you start to look at the playoff picture, Denny is going to win the championship this year. Kyle Busch has a strong, like, you know, you still have some strong drivers left. And I guess when I look at it for what it is, there's not one driver that I think doesn't deserve to be in the round of eight. Because you have Denny Chase, Kyle Busch, Truex, Harvick, Larson, Joy, and Blaney. And maybe not Blaney. But all the rest of them have a shot at the championship. I retract a statement that I never made. If you <laughs> understood where I was going with the conversation, I was pretty much saying that one of those spots should be Brad because Brad is always a contender. But when I just read off the list, I can't really argue that one of the drivers doesn't have a chance and that he should have had that spot. Going back to the comment on NASCAR Reddit, I thought it was funny personally. I'm not going to read any of the responses. Most of the responses was explaining to this young man how the playoffs work. But I just found that funny because most of the disgruntled fans are older. He's in his 20s and he's already disgruntled. Not sure what that says about NASCAR moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if nobody else wants to talk, I guess we can move on to, well, that was the fan comment of the week. You guys want to do predictions and wrap up? All right, we can do predictions. Okay, so it is time for some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, here we go. Kenny, Tam, this is probably not even going to be a surprise, but um, I know I want to stick with my man, Denny Hamlin, and I'm going to stick with Denny Hamlin again. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin's going to come in and be in uh, the winner's circle, that he's going to win the checkered flag. If I have to make an alternative pick, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch on this one. So Kyle Busch is going to be my alternative pick. Denny Hamlin's going to win the checkered flag. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What about you, Kenny? All right. So going to Martinsville, the paperclip. So this one should be a pretty good one. Denny Hamlin said he's pretty excited. He already called his shot. He said he was really excited to get to Martinsville. So with that being said, I think I'm actually going to go with Denny Hamlin as my main pick. And for my alternative pick, The one and only Chase Elliott, who had a pretty crazy run-in with Denny Hamlin there a few years ago. So I think those are going to be my picks. Also, I did not forget to, I did forget to mention this at the beginning of the podcast. I will be in Martinsville this weekend. I'll be there all weekend. So hopefully I run into some of you guys if anyone is going this weekend. So please feel free to say, hey, I don't bite. I do talk. (laughs) So those are my picks. What about you, Miss Tam? It's crazy because I have a few names running around in my mind. Denny Hamlin being one, Chase Elliott the other. Kyle Larson is also kind of there. And then I'm thinking Martin Truex Jr. Because 
as you guys know, Martin Truex Jr. first got his first win on a short track this year. And I'm just kind of filling one of the four. I'm going to narrow it down and I'm going to go with Larson and Denny Hamlin. I do think Chase is going to be in the thick of it. And then I feel bad not going with Chase because Chase has been balling. I don't know if you can say balling for stock car racing, but... Yeah, why not? (laughs) But like late rallies coming back and he's had a lot of speed. And he's the only Hendrick driver left. So he... Their hope lies with him. My boy, Gustafson, his crew chief, he just too cool. Did you see the interview they did with him on top of the um, pit box? I did. He yeah, was just he... so laid back and so smooth. <laughs> Alan, Alan Gustafson. So I'm just stalling. Although I do mean what I say when I talk about Alan. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I don't want to pick Denny Hamlin because you guys picked him. He is my pick to win the championship. I'm going to go with Larson as my winner and Denny Hamlin as my alternative. So those are my picks. And as Renee would say, I'm sticking to them. There you go. We got our picks. What say you, NASCAR fans and fans of all turns, no breaks, if you have your picks who's going to win this weekend, let us know. Hit us up on the social media across the board at turns, no breaks, across the board at turns, no breaks. Hit us up. Let us know. And like always, we always appreciate your insight. We always appreciate your support. Please go and subscribe, rate, and review, and leave us a comment. We always appreciate your support. For Tam, Front Row Kenny, and myself, we will see you again next week on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. See y'all. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 